Shake Shack is a really great example. Shake Shack has built their own custom order experience inside each one of their um, stores, um, restaurants. And, you know, we're not going to go build that custom thing that Shake, Shake Shack wants. They want to have it branded. They want to have specific upsell algorithms that they put in there. They want to integrate it with their existing back office or back of restaurant um, systems. And so they're really, you know, best positioned to go build that. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. There's an interesting convergence going on right now. E-commerce platforms like Shopify are getting into retail and payments, while payments firms like Square are going after powering the entire transaction. That's definitely playing out in the evolution of the firm's developer platform. Square recently rolled out an orders API that illustrates the shift towards powering commerce functions for the company. On the show today, we have Square's Carl Perry, the head of its developer platform. We discuss where the platform is today and where it's headed. Carl shares how companies like Shake Shack are developing highly customized seller experiences with Square. Lastly, we chat about where Square's developer platform fits within the company's broader product ecosystem. Carl Perry is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Well, my name is Carl Perry. Um, I've worked here at Square almost four years. Um, I'm the lead for Square's developer platform. Um, I think more interestingly, maybe, um, is um, the thing I tell everybody about myself. I've been happily married for been 21 years. It'll be 20, yeah, 21 years. Um, Congratulations. 22 years next year. Yeah, thank you. Um, have two wonderful kids. Um, largely grew up in the Seattle area um, and um, went to work at Microsoft right out of college. I actually have an English degree. Um, thought I was going to go get my PhD and teach at a university somewhere for the rest of my life on uh, Blake and Shakespeare and everything, but kind of changed my mind and went out into the workforce. Um, and have been really lucky. Started at Microsoft, worked there 12 and a half years. Largely, start, I started in support and then moved into the product teams in the SQL Server organization, working on APIs, helping any developer build um, data access technologies on top of our um, kind of, you know, ADO.NET, ADO back in the day. Um, and as we evolved the .NET framework, kept working on that, and then went over to AWS, where I was the engineering manager for all of S3's public APIs and all of the front-end servers. Did that for about three and a half years. Um, loved that job. It was really a hyper-growth time for AWS and S3 in particular. It was really incredible to be part of that. Um, decided to move back to Microsoft um, and was the group product manager for Power BI. It's Microsoft's new um, kind of, well, not so new anymore, but it was its new freemium Power BI service that enabled anybody to, you know, build reports and dashboards and gain insights from their data. Um, and then about four years ago, um, we launched Power BI to GA and started looking around to see what new opportunities were around and uh, ended up coming down here from Seattle to San Francisco to be the lead for Square's developer platform. So can we talk about the, the origin of that platform? Um, were you the first in the role of kind of running, running the platform? Um, I don't, so before I came here, actually, the team had built a series of APIs. Um, it was, you know, it was largely a very small team. It was really targeted at enabling sellers to save time with a small number of partners. Really launched it in 2014 with um, a small set of APIs and then integrations with Intuit, QuickBooks, Xero, a bunch of other ones. Um, I think there were eight or 11. I can't remember. I looked at it recently, but a very small number. Um, but it was a side project for the company, wasn't a strategic investment, and um, 
as I started to look around, they had made some decisions at the company that they really wanted to make this a strategic area of investment. And I had previously worked for Alyssa Henry at both Microsoft and AWS in S3. Um, and so when I, you know, I was coming down to actually do an interview at a, at a five person startup and I was going to grab, you know, food with her um, and she convinced me to interview here. So I was the so, fifth person on the team when I joined. So it was a pretty small team um, the day I started. And, and Carl, what was, what was the change of mindset that took it from a small team to sort of a more of a, a core focus for Square? Well, I mean, I think there's a couple of key insights or kind of observations that the company um, had. So number one is that we realized that our sellers had needs that Square would not be able to solve. And let me give a couple of examples that you know may seem like obvious, but at the time I joined, we had really we had a standard point of sale, general purpose point of sale, um, and we were evaluating whether we should be getting into vertical um, points of sale or experiences. Um, you know, fast forward to today, we obviously have three different um, solutions in Square for Restaurants, Square for Retail, and Square for Appointment. But at the time, that was that was actually a discussion that was happening in the company as to whether we should be doing this. But it became clear as we decided that this was something we wanted to do, that we needed a platform that all of these experiences were built on top of and that could power them all because, because sellers actually needed a cohesive experience across all of the solutions that Square was building. And then layer on top of, the, of, of that, the real problem that, that I mentioned earlier, which is like, and we're not going to build all the solutions. When we launched with integrations with QuickBooks and Xero, we're not, we weren't going to go and aren't going to go build a general purpose accounting solution for SMB um, uh, sellers. That, that's what these people did. They have great solutions. We're not going to go in and build um, um, or be able to displace incumbents in industries um, like restaurants, for example, where Avero and C2It have entrenched themselves in kind of reporting and analytics for restaurants to better run their business. But being able to integrate with them or have them integrate with us and provide a cohesive end-to-end -end experience was the reason that the platform became such a strategic initiative. And then I think the last thing is, is that, you know, there are explicit areas we're just not going to go into. We've obviously announced a bunch of customers that, that have built solutions, too, that I'll highlight um, Shake Shack is a really great example. Shake Shack has built their own custom order experience inside each one of their um, stores, um, restaurants. And, you know, we're not going to go build that custom thing that Shake, Shake Shack wants. They want to have it branded. They want to have specific upsell algorithms that they put in there. They want to integrate it with their existing back office or back of restaurant um, systems. And so they're really, you know, best positioned to go build that. And then finally, if you think more broadly about people building solutions that they sell to specific industries, a great example, and we have a case study on the website, is IPC Mobile. IPC Mobile has built a digital metering uh, solution for the transportation industry. It was launched as part of the kind of digital um, efforts that the Department for Hired Vehicles in Washington, D.C. had mandated occurred. And now every um, taxi driver in the Washington, D.C. area is driving around with this digital metering solution that is tailored specifically for their needs. And then it uses our square payments and hardware to provide a seamless experience for the riders um, to make, to pay for their rides um, today, you know, at, at the time that the ride's finished and in the future, obviously using mobile applications. And so Square's not going to go build a transportation um, digital taxi solution, right? But by building out this platform, it enables anybody to really be, build these crazy, amazing solutions 
for a broader set of sellers. So those are the two key reasons that we ended up um, really treating the platform as a strategic investment. That makes a lot of sense, and, and those were two great examples. Um, and there were some recent announcements specifically about the Orders API that uh, I'd like to learn a little bit more about. Can, can you first tell the audience what, what that announcement was? Yeah, so um, early last month, we announced the kind of launch or general availability of our Orders API. And, you know, historically, if you were to look back at our, at our platform, it was really centered around payments. Um, but as we've evolved, not only our first-party products, but talked to more and more sellers and more and more developers, it was clear that the concept of a payment being central to the workflow from, you know, a customer discovering something to paying for it, maybe returning it, was not sufficient to represent that end-to-end -end workflow or the life cycle of that sale. And so orders, you know, we started a while ago to start to build orders as the central Thing in our system and it's really valuable having this being the central kind of I'll call it an entity or or object that everybody interacts with and I think the orders API and some of our um, partners are good examples to kind of highlight why this is valuable um, if you look at kind of one of the key scenarios that we've seen really significant uptick in is in our uh, using our orders API to create orders and then push those orders to the point of sale in a seller's business and we've seen lots of individual companies, but also large platform partners build solutions. Postmates is a great example of somebody who has um, announced support to use our orders push API. And so the workflow there is really interesting, right? Somebody logs into uh, Postmates, um, Caviar as well is using this, a lot of other partners are using it, and they go ahead and decide what products they're gonna purchase from a restaurant. They go ahead, they put that into their into their cart, they pay for it, and that order gets created. The payment has happened with Postmates, that order gets created, and historically what has happened is Postmates then has given the seller a tablet that's sitting usually at the front of their business, and there's like five of them, you know, you hear it referred to as the tablet farm, and the, the, the seller then has to manage all of these different channels that are coming to them across all these different devices just to accept, prepare, and then mark the order ready for delivery or pickup. And with the orders push um, offering that we launched last month, Postmates is now actually saying, you know what, you have Square point of sale or Square for restaurants in your business. Um, this works for all of our other points of sales as well. We're gonna go ahead and we're just gonna push the order to the Square point of sale. And now a seller can use the point of sale that they already run their core business with to manage all the incoming orders. And obviously an outgrowth of this is that, that, that tablet that was sitting there from Postmates or from Caviar or from anybody else disappears because they no longer need to use that tablet. It, it saves costs, obviously, on the delivery platform side. But I think more importantly, it streamlines the workflow that our sellers have when managing all these orders. And this order push API, they mark it as accepted. They mark it as when it's going to be available, that it's ready for pickup. And obviously, all of the logistics and operational technology that each one of these delivery companies have built is not something that you know, our Square for Restaurants or Square for Retail team are gonna go build. And so they're able to then take and integrate it with their existing workflows that are there and then end up delivering the food or whatever was purchased through Postmates, DoorDash, or, or Caviar. And that simplification of both the operational side but also the reporting for the seller is a dramatic shift and I think a critical um, capability that really simplifies everybody's lives. And so that's, what, that's an example of why I think the orders push um, launch that we had last month is really critical. So, so, so it sounds 
like you know obviously the the platformization i guess of of square makes a lot of sense that you're you're enabling your customers to build their own functionality um but but the the move with orders and stuff like that sounds like you guys are definitely um moving and embracing i guess the entire commerce uh function, not just payments. Like, how are you guys thinking about that, I guess, philosophically? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And it's definitely been a focus for us. If you go, you know, you pay attention to any of our public um, kind of talks, what we discussed during earnings, you'll see us reinforcing again and again, the fact that omni-channel is a core focus for Square. And this is across our entire, entire seller ecosystem, our first party products, our platform, our third party partners, and it's this ecosystem that really facilitates all of commerce, not just payments, that really is what our sellers and therefore our developers care about building solutions for. And so as we go build and design our platform, intentionally, we design it in a way that all of our first party products are obviously deeply cohesively integrated, but that as a third party partner or developer comes onto our platform, they're able to integrate as deeply as, as our first party products using the same exact functionality and they just suddenly start to solve even more problems for our sellers. And it's not, I think the point you made is critical. It's not just about payments. You know, if you look at um, what we offer in our platform and the way we think more broadly about Omnichannel, you know, Omnichannel is just not about payments in multiple channels. It's about payments and orders across channels with inventory and the customer that's purchasing it along with reporting at the end. So you can better understand where, what channels are performing most effectively which channels are performing least effectively, who your most valuable customers are, so you can provide them better service and products as you move your business forward. And so absolutely, commerce more broadly is the core focus of the platform, with omni-channel being kind of the key, the tip of the spear that we're really driving forward with to help sellers better solve their commerce and business needs. So, so it sounds like a lot of attention as well, like co-commitment with that is, is focusing on seller experiences that de developers can build with Square as well, not just the customer facing side, but also the, the seller side. Um, yep. can, you, can you talk about that? Maybe some, gives us some more examples. Let me think some more examples. Um, I'm trying to remember what we have on the website and the use cases. Um, well, if nothing comes to mind, I mean, at least focus, like, I guess it's not necessarily a question, but, but address the yep. issue, the, the, the idea of, of a seller experience, and I guess how that's evolving. Yeah. I mean, I think I can't go in, I'm going to, I'll give you some details. I can't go into great depth here. Um, we probably would be better served by having one of our other leads or GMs come in and talk about the seller experience. Um, but I think most importantly, you know, as we think about our first party products, powering that experience for sellers, um, I think you recently spoke to, David Rusenko about our Square mm -hmm. Online store offering, is that correct? We did, yes. And so, so I think, you know, you think about, back to my point on Omnichannel. Omnichannel is just not taking payments on your website and in store. That's what a lot of people actually focus on and try to solve for. And to be clear, that's a critical part of the, the overall Omnichannel story. But honestly, when we think about the seller experience, I'm going to use the order um, scenario again. Having um, a website builder like Square Online store to be able to build your website and host it and then have somebody come to your website and out of the box, they're able to choose, I'm gonna buy these three products from your store, maybe these two shirts and these jeans, and I wanna have them delivered to my home, or oh wait, I'm actually gonna be downtown today or tomorrow or the next day, I'm gonna pick them up in store. And then, and then having that integration out of the box with Square for, 
or Square's point of sale, or more importantly, Square for retail, such that the retailer is notified inside that point of sale. They can then select when that product, that they've accepted that product, and when it's going to be available for pickup. Um, that then feeds back to the seller, or to the buyer, sorry, who's knows, okay, cool, my, my order's been accepted, I paid for it, I'm going to pick it up tomorrow when I'm in the city. And then once they pick it up, the seller is able to get all the reporting of what products were sold, how many were sold, to which customer, on which days, through which channel, and then they can better decide where they want to put their efforts around either improving a channel or removing a channel that may not be appropriate for them. And through that all, our kind of our first party um, experiences, as well as any of our third party experiences, are really focused on ensuring that that workflow for the seller is seamlessly um, executed and really makes their lives simpler. And to reinforce the platform aspect of this, this is all achieved because everybody is building on top of that public open platform using the same APIs across all of our products, our Square for Retail solution, our Square Online Store solution, and also maybe that fulfillment solution that integrates with our orders API, Square Online Store, and our Square for Retail solution. So, so, so that makes a lot of sense. And I guess as we get to the, the, to the end of the, the interview, um, I'm kind of curious, I guess, from a strategy point of view, um, are, does developer platform and the power, I guess, that you just described, th does, it, does it enable you guys to move up market and start to work with some larger sales, sellers? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that there's no question that the platform is immensely compelling and kind of interesting to, I, th I like to say, larger and more complex sellers. Um, some of our smallest sellers actually have really complex business needs because of the specific vertical or domain they're in. Um, and then obviously, as you become larger, you know, your business just does become more complex. And so, you know, the two examples I provided to you earlier around Shake Shack and the DFHV and IPC Mobile are great examples of what I'll call large sellers um, or complex businesses um, as we move even more broadly that we would not be able to solve independently with our own first party solutions and products. Um, if you think about the IPC Mobile and DFHV, you know, these are taxi drivers running around, um, you know, 3,000 to 5,000 every single day um, using this app to actually identify what the fare is following all of the bespoke old, you know, uh, and updated rules that are actually describing how you calculate the fare for a given ride. There's actually a ton of these rules and, and guidelines around how you do this. Um, we wouldn't go do that, but now we're able to help the seller, this business, by providing them with the discrete pieces that they can pull together to enable that solution. Same thing with Shake Shack. You know, there's a world in which we see sellers using, you know, Square Stand as like a little mini order, self-ordering kiosk type experience, but the experience that Shake Shack has built is wholly differentiated and completely intentionally bespoke to their business, branded, um, integrated, and to be clear, they would not have used Square if we did not have our Square Reader SDK, along with all of the other capabilities in the platform for being able to read out what customers purchased what products at what locations. And so the platform has absolutely shown that we can help more complex and larger businesses. And I expect that to continue to actually balloon and grow as we move forward with um, kind of enriching the capabilities in the platform that our first party products are built on. And we have time for one last question. Um, I'm just curious, you know, Carl, you personally, you and your team, like what are, you, what are your biggest priorities looking into the end of 2019 and already out into 2020? Like where, where are you putting your, your attention and resources? I mean, I think, 
if I think about the developer platform, our main focus for the remainder of the year is really focused on two, I think, two broad initiatives. So one is that, you know, our app marketplace has been around for quite some time. It launched in 2014, but we haven't dramatically updated that and really um, enabled the direct connection between sellers and developers. Um, you know, we've grown our app marketplace from, like I said, it was eight to 11. I don't remember the exact number in 2014 to now over 275 um, partners in the app marketplace. That doesn't include our, our, what we call our solution partner program, which are independent developers that are building custom solutions for larger sellers um, using the Square platform. And so we've, we've dramatically increased over the last three to four years, but there is a huge opportunity for us to connect developers more directly with the millions and millions of sellers that are using Square on a daily basis. And so I think that there is a, there is a big investment that we're focusing on and really improving not only the experiences and, and the information available in the app marketplace, but the connection that developers can have with all of those sellers leveraging Square on a daily basis. So that's kind of one area. And then more broadly in the platform, I mean, it was great to launch Orders API, and we, we now have omni-channel orders and payments uh, for any developer and seller that wants it. However, there's significantly more in the platform um, that we need to go and enable. Some, a couple of examples that we're working on, um, things like inventory, cross-location inventory management. We have some really great solutions. There's a lot more to go do there. Things like loyalty and customers, enabling APIs with that, getting that more broadly adopted. That's an area, obviously, that Square is differentiated in not only because of our first-party solutions, but all of the third-party kind of solutions that integrate on the platform. So I would say that this space of more broadly exposing the APIs and the primitives that a commerce platform would have is a big area of focus for us over the next one, I would say definitely through this year, but I mean, we're going to just double down and do even more in the following year. Carl, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Well, it was great talking to you and thanks for the time.